Hey, this is Mitch Rose. I'm the lead pastor of City Hills Church, and this is our podcast. Thanks for tuning in today. I hope this message encourages you, it inspires you, it challenges you to live your best life. Take a listen. Here's this week's message. You're a good note taker. I hope that you are. This church, thank you, Kent. This church is uh, uh, full of good note takers, and I hope that you take good notes. If you don't, I hope you take notes that are bad uh, uh, and just write it down today. Uh, maybe you make resolutions um, every year. Uh, I try not to call them resolutions, but ultimately, I, you know, write down, here's some things that uh, I would like to do. Here's some things I'd like to have. And maybe you've already broken them, you know. Maybe you're, already, maybe you're in a fast and you think, man, I'm, we're only eight days into the fast and I've already, here I go again. You know, I've already, I, 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 last Thursday I thought I was going to die if I didn't have coffee. So I had coffee and now God hates me and I've quit fasting. And None of that's true, but, but maybe you feel like that. Like, man, I made this resolution. It's always, it's always about, it's not always, but there's always a physical component in resolutions for me. And uh, it's always, uh, I try to get taller. I gave up on that in my 20s. And um, so now it's just, well, I can't be this round, you know, as, as I was uh, there. I'm growing still just the wrong way. And so I think, man, I'm going to do better this year, you know, and today's the 16th day of the year. And you may have already asked God, you know, give me strength today to lose weight and do the right thing. The problem with all of that is I make these great resolutions about physical health and then they put the Christmas candy on 50% off every January. Are you with me, everybody? And I I think the devil does that. I think he knows what he's doing uh, in doing that. Because Christmas candy tastes better than normal candy. It's a proven fact. The CDC said, and I know y'all trust everything the CDC says. So the CDC says... Anytime I'm going to, I want you to do something, I'm going to say the CDC recommends. The CDC recommends that, that Reese's Christmas trees are better than Reese's peanut butter cups. Are you with me on this, everybody? The CDC says that. And I don't, it's, it's science, and you can't argue with it. And so, so I tell myself I'm going to do better and not eat <laughs> Reese's peanut butter cups, and then the trees come out, and now I don't know what to do. And, and maybe you feel that way. Maybe you've tried to change. Listen, you know you can't change overnight, but you try to anyway, you know. We spent uh, 10, 11 years, Brandy and I, in South Mississippi near, uh, near New Orleans. And there's this big, uh, you know, Mardi Gras culture. And it's really interesting. It took us a couple of years to figure it out. I knew about Mardi Gras. I'd heard about Mardi Gras. Never been to Mardi Gras. No shame. I just, not, not really our uh, flow. And, but I, I didn't know this. I mean, it's like this massive, massive lead up of just the most debauchery you could possibly get involved in. And then literally overnight, like at midnight on between Fat Tuesday and Ash Wednesday... You're supposed to just stop all of that debauchery you just did and change your life in one day. And you know in your heart, I can't stop. Like, I, like I've been doing this for weeks and weeks and weeks and months and months and months. But, I, but, I, but I, I'm going to tell myself, oh yeah, I can just change right now. I can just, I, I've got all this bad habit, but I'm just going to change overnight. And the truth is you're not going to change overnight. By the way, that's why we have 21 days of prayer and not two days of prayer. Because I want you to create a lifestyle. You can't just walk into a prayer life this year. Sometimes you got to retrain your, your body and your mind and your spirit. Hey, you're going to pray every day. You're going to talk to God every day. You're not going to wake up tomorrow some super Christian. You're just going to decide today I'm going to get up for prayer. Are you with 
with me, everybody. You know, and if you're not careful, you'll start to alter your own destiny by convincing yourself that this year is going to be like last year is going to be like the year before that because I can't, I've already broken. I can't do what I can't do. I set out to lose 60 pounds this year, and I've already gained 20, and it's only January 16th. Are you with me, everybody? Where's all my perfectionist at? Raise your hand. You're easy to spot. Uh, it's not really, uh, there's, it, it's actually easier to spot the non-perfectionists. They don't iron their clothes. But uh, the perfectionists are easy to spot. Perfectionists say this, if I can't do it all, I'm just not going to do any of it. I just, if I can't have the whole thing, if I can't, you know, I, I set this huge goal and I had one bad day and so I ate a whole package of Oreos and now it's over with and I'm just going to be fat forever and it's January 16th, you know, and, and then sometime around March you tell yourself, why did I give up so easy? Are you with me, everybody? But you'll start altering your destiny simply by giving up because you can't have the whole thing. You'll say, man, I'm, this is the year I'm going to get spiritual. This is the year I'm going to really dig into my spiritual life and you miss one week of fasting or you miss one one day of, of prayer in the morning and you it's easier to just decide, to, man, I guess it's not going to happen. And eventually you'll create the world that you said you didn't want to have simply by giving up too early because you couldn't do the whole thing. Are you with me, everybody? You'll just create the world. Matter of fact, I say it like this, that your words create the worlds that you, that you don't even want sometimes. You'll tell yourself, well, I just, you know, I'm kind of depressed right now and then I'm kind of depressed turns into I'm a depressed person and then I'm a depressed person comes into well my mom dealt with depression and my grandmother dealt with depression and before long you'll live a decade of your life in darkness and depression because you created the world that you said you didn't want to live in and you've altered your destiny simply by I can't do it all so I won't do anything. Uh, every, write it down like this in your notes. We understand big dreams. Everybody knows the big things. We just don't like the small steps it takes to get there. Everybody knows how it is to, to dream big. Everybody knows what, what it's like. Everybody understands why is this? Why, why do we have this thing? We, we, don't, we like big dreams. We like quick progress. We like huge results and we want it right now. And if I can't have it right now, if my marriage isn't fixed overnight, if my kids don't come home tomorrow, if, it, if everything just doesn't work out, does, if, we don't, if the budget doesn't just, if this month makes it hard, I, just, I guess we give up. I guess we're not going to do anything. I guess none of it's going to work. And then you live your life year after year where this year is like last year is like the year before is like the decade before. And you've stalled your destiny. And here I am preaching to you that the best is yet to come in your life. And you're thinking it's impossible because I keep living this same Groundhog Day year after year after year. Are you there? I keep living it just like this. God knows. I know you think that it's big dreams and, uh, and, and I've, I just got to have big goals. But you don't like small steps. But God knows this. Write this in your notes that your destiny is defined not by big dreams. Your destinies are defined by day-to-day -day decisions. I said your destiny, the way your, your year ends up, the way that you decide to walk out of 22, the way that you decide to change your life, the way this decade is different than the last decade, the way this year is better than last year, the way this month is better than last month, it isn't because you didn't write down some big goal. It isn't because you didn't have big resolutions. It isn't even because you didn't have big faith. It's because you didn't get up tomorrow and make the daily decisions it took to walk towards that destiny. Are you there? 
you got to get up tomorrow and decide, I'm going to take a step toward God today. We tend to think God only does big stuff. It's only King David killing Goliath. No, no, no. King David was shepherd boy David. We only think Gideon is the mighty man who kills all the army. No, no, no. Gideon was the least in his family, the least in his tribe. We only think it's Jesus, the conquering, resurrected king. No, no, no. He started as a little baby. And listen, Jesus didn't just come to die. If he came to die, then why didn't he die the day after he was born? That wasn't God the Father's plan. If it was his plan, then he would have died the very next day. He was born, then he died. That's what he came for. Jesus lived 33 more years. Why? Because he wanted to show you and show me that it's day after day after day after day walking towards the calling of God, the blessing of God. This, this, this is what God's called me to do. I'm moving towards my destiny, but it may take me 33 years to get there. And I'm not going to give up in the process of moving to the best year I've ever had, to the best is yet to come in my life. I'm deciding to take the right steps. That's why David said it like this in Psalm 37. He said, The steps, everybody say the steps. Say the steps. Come on, yell the steps. The steps of good men are directed by the Lord. Not the leaps of good men. Not the giant years of good men. Not the move, I'm, I'm moving across the, I'm going to go to Africa and be in missions. You can't be a missionary if you don't show up to outreach once a month. Oh no, God's called me to missions. Has he? Well, we have a serve team. Why are you not on the outreach team every single month? I'm, I'm, I hadn't preached in four weeks. I'm kind of fired up today. So y'all just going to deal with me. I got no apologies for y'all today. Why, why do you think God, God doesn't delight in big leaps? The Bible said he delights in each shout step. He delights in the steps that you take in the right direction. And we think... Well, if I keep stepping, God's not going to let me fall. That's not true. If you ever raised children, we have two kids. We have a 10-year-old and a 7-year-old. And when they started walking, we realized really quickly the only way they learn how to walk is to fall. When we took our little girl home, we, uh, the home that we lived in when we brought Hazel uh, home in Austin was a two-story home. And, and it had stairs and we were terrified. And so we were first-time parents, so, you know, you do everything by the book that doesn't matter whatsoever, and none of it works. And they said, buy this gate that cost $8 million, and so we bought it, and it was going to protect her. And then about two or three days in, we realized she could climb that or kick that over. That was dumb, and we couldn't take it back, which I loved. And so we just decided we're going to have to do something else. So this true story, we have video of her. She's one year old learning how to walk, and she gets at the top of the stairs, and she sits down on her bottom, and she scoots down the whole stairs all the way down to the bottom of the stairs. And the first couple of times it happened, it scared me to death. But listen, I realize the only way she knows how to walk down them is to scoot down them. And sometimes in your life, it may be tough. It may not look the way you thought it was going to look. But God's not going to pick you up every time. He may just teach you how to get down on your own. He may just walk with you so you'll take a step forward. He may just, God celebrates the step in your life. God doesn't care that you can't go from here all the way to there. God just wants you to move one step at a time and keep walking. God doesn't care that you don't have a very developed, deep spiritual prayer life tomorrow. He just wants you to set the alarm at 5 a.m. and come to prayer one day and then the next day and then the next day. It's just moving towards God step at a time. Say amen to that. That's what God celebrates. Zechariah 4 and 10 says, don't despise when things start small in your life, 
God doesn't rejoice when you get to the destination. God doesn't rejoice when you finish the work. God isn't, look at me, God isn't proud of you because you've arrived somewhere in some spiritual place where your marriage is healed and your emotions are well and you're mentally in the right place and you've developed a prayer life and your spiritual life is robust and you're, no, 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 God doesn't, no, 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 God delights, He rejoices, the Bible said, to see the work, shout, began. He just wants you to start somewhere. I'm telling you, I can't wait. Last night while we were there praying in our new building, I, I, I stood where the stage was and I stood in kids' classrooms and I stood, I, 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 I stood in the hallways and the lobbies and thought, man, I can't wait. And I, I could see you and I prayed for you and I prayed for your families and I prayed for your neighbors and your coworkers. I prayed for the thousands of people who are going to walk in this building. But honestly, I really thought to myself, God, I can't wait till that happens. And I was checked in my spirit because I've already prepared to preach this to you. God said, I'm just excited about the first stud that goes up. And in Jesus' Jesus' name, this is the week. Something's going to move in that. Like, I just want to see the work began in your life. I'm just glad you started taking steps. I'm just, I'm just glad you started tithing. I'm just glad you started a small group. I'm just glad you started serving on the dream team. I'm just glad you started counseling for your marriage. I'm just glad you picked a book up about depression. I'm, you don't have to have the whole answer. You just got to take the next step. This church is built on people taking next steps. And God celebrates the steps that you take. I'll even preach it to you like this. If you'll take the next step, God will make the next one bigger than the last one. Let me say it like this. Psalms 18 and 36. David says, you enlarge my steps, listen, under me. That means while I'm, God, I feel what I'm preaching now. While I'm taking a step, God says, no, 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 a little bit bigger. <laughs> whoa, 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 God, whoa. I was okay with just this. Like I just, well, I just decided I was going to get in a small group. And now you want me to lead a small group? Yeah, because there's a lot of other businessmen like you who need it. Yeah, there's a lot of other stay-at-home moms who need to be in, in the small group that you're in. God, I just decided, I'm just going to take this one step in tithing. And now you're, t- I met with a dream teamer the other day that God spoke to him and told him to double his tithing. And some of you are thinking, there's no way. I've just got to take this small step. And in the middle of the step, God said, no, 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 I want you to take the biggest step that you've possibly taken. God will help you enlarge your steps, but He won't move your feet for you. He won't move your marriage forward for you. He won't move your spiritual life forward for you. He won't move your finances forward for you. The step comes from you. It comes from you. And I I know that sometimes you ask God, well, God, okay, I'll do it, but what does it mean? You know, that's what usually people ask about hosting a group. Like today when about 10 or 15 of you go to the welcome tent and say, I want to host a group. The question you're always going to ask our team is, now tell me what that, tell me what that means. <laughs> tell me what I got to do. That's what you're asking. Tell me what, to, tell me what I got to do here. You ever gone to God and said, okay, God, I'm going to do it. Tell me what I got to do. God, I'm going I'm to take this step and in, 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 in develop a prayer life, but what does it mean? Tell me how hard it's going to be. God, okay, I'm going to start serving, but tell me what that means and what are you really asking of me? You ever ask God to give you the whole picture and God just kind of smile and go, nope, doesn't work that way. Matter of fact, in the life of Abram, I preach about Abram and, uh, a, a lot in this church. In the life of Abram, I think it illustrates the most. How God's economy works, how, how the kingdom principle of next steps works. If you have your Bible, Genesis 12 is where I'll be. 
Genesis 12 and 1, Abram lives in Babylon, Ur of the Chaldeans. It's Babylonian. Ur is a big city. Ur is a metropolitan, cosmopolitan. Most theologians believe Abraham and his family are extremely wealthy. Matter of fact, you probably couldn't live in Ur without a lot of money. And, and God caused him in Ur. Now the Lord said to Abram, verse 1, 12 and 1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Get out of your country, from your family, and from your father's house. Let me pause here and tell you. Look at me. If you know the rest of this story and you know your Bible, you know this. Terah, Abram's daddy, goes with Abram. And Lot, Abram's nephew, his brother's son, goes with Abram. The first thing God tells Abram to do when he says get out of your country is don't take your family or your daddy. And what did Abram do? Took his family and his daddy with him. Look at me. But God will still bless because you took a step. You don't have to get it all right. Abram is already in disobedience. He already messes up the command of the Lord. And God says, I'm still going to bless you because the blessing is in the stepping in the right direction. <laughs> Even when you don't get all the, all, all the details right. So leave your family, leave your father's house, and go to a, here's the part, to a land that I will show you. Wait a minute. God, why don't you tell me where we're going first? Doesn't work that way. God, why don't you show me where the promised land is? Doesn't work that way. Oh, so you want me to go and not know where I'm going. Yep. And, and you're not going to show me till I start walking. Yep. And you mean you're not going to tell me how we're going to, how the budget's going to work out till after I tithe. Yep. And you mean you're not going to tell me how, what, who, what women are going to join my small group until I register it. Yep. You mean you're not going to tell me the relationships are going to meet and, and the friendships are going to form and, the, and how God's going to heal me when I start serving until I start serving. Yep, you got to take the first step. And Abram, when you do, I'll show you where and then I'll make you a great nation, bless you and make your name great. And you will be a blessing. Say amen to that, everybody. I think God's calling you this year not just to take a step so that He can bless you, but I think God's calling a lot of us this year to take a step so we can be a blessing. Maybe one of the reasons your life hasn't moved forward is every January you just ask God, God, please bless me. God, pour it out on me. God, fix me. God, do for me. God, give me. God, show up. God, do. And God goes, listen, why don't you start stepping and saying, God, where can I bless? God, where can I show up for somebody else? God, who can I make? Listen, a couple of weeks ago we were sick. Brandy and I were sick. We had... Anyway, and we were sick, and, 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 and somebody showed up at my door and knocked on the door and then ran away because, you know, the door, you can get it from the door. And they ran away, and there was soup there, and I had soup for three days. You know why? You know, it was manna from me. Thank you, God. It was manna. From, I, it was so good. I, I called her back and said, I think I'm still sick like a week later. I wasn't still sick a week later, but I just wanted more soup. But here's what I'm telling you. She just got it. Nobody asked her to. There's no team for that. There's no, there's no, nobody asked somebody to do that. She just got up and said, it. if God's going to bless me in 22, I'm going to wake up and start blessing everybody else I'm just going to wake up and say How can I be a blessing? How can I take care of? How can I show up for? How can I bless others? And Abram, if you want God to bless you You need to know how to be a blessing to somebody else How powerful would it be if you stopped praying for blessing And started looking to bless In your life Verse 3, and I'll bless you And I'll bless those who bless you and I'll curse those who curse you. And all the families of the earth through you are going to be blessed. That's because Jesus comes from the line of Abraham. Verse 4, here's the operative. So Abram 
departed as the Lord had spoken. Look into my eyes. If you're going to have the best year ever, if you're going to walk into the best is yet to come for your life, if you're going to walk into the best season you've ever had spiritually, if you're going to walk into the best season you've ever had relationally, if you're going to walk into the best season you've ever had financially or with your children or in your own emotional life or mental life, if you're going to have the best year yet, it's going to be because you decided to start walking. It's going to be not because God shows up. It's going to be because you show up. Well, I'm waiting on a word from God. You know, we get to January and everybody on Facebook, I love you Facebook preachers. Everybody on Facebook says, this is the word God gave me this year. God gave me the word this year, carb, car, carbohydrate. I don't know what it means, God. But God gave me the word carbohydrate this year. God gave me this word this year. God gave me Reese's peanut butter. And I just said, yes, God, whatever you want from me. God, this is my word for the years, Reese's peanut butter. This is my word. And listen, I, I'm not, I know I sound like I'm making fun, but so many people are asking God for a word. Look at me. God won't give you a new word till you act on the last word. Why do you think God would tell you something new to do when He's told you to do something for the past 10 years and you still haven't moved forward on it? If God's been calling you for the last three or four, there's some people, you you got a word in 2015 you never worked on and you think God is silent. God's not silent. He's just waiting on you. To, Abram, I'm just waiting on you to put one step in front of the other. I'll enlarge your steps underneath you. I just need to know you're going to start walking where I tell you to walk. God, this is going to be the year my boyfriend comes to church. No, it's not. You need to leave that joker. He didn't come last year, and he didn't come the year before that. And he's not going to come as long as you're shacked up with him. You need to leave him, and then he'll show up to church. It always happens that way. Why? Don't ask God for more till you go on the last words you got. Y'all thought I wasn't going to preach against something this year, didn't I? No, I'm going to do it. God, I want you to deliver my husband of alcoholism. Fine. Why do you still have to have wine every night at bedtime? You don't have to have it. Go on the last word you got, and then God will give you more every time you take a step together. God, I need a house. Why would God give you a house if you won't tithe in the apartment that you're in? God, I'm going to take my next step forward, and then God shows up in my life. All right, I'll go back. Okay. Fine. We'll do it your way. The old Dakota Indian chief said, if you're riding a dead horse, the best strategy is to dismount. <laughs> Some of you want me to give you new whips and new spurs. And you just need to get off a dead horse. God's got a future for you. You just have to be willing to walk away from your past. Abraham hears and then he does. James 1.22 says, be doers of the word, not just hearers only. So why don't people take more steps? I really think they don't take more steps because of their past. I really think that's why the majority of people don't move forward. It's not because you don't want to. It's because you got a past problem. It's because it's you, you're, you're thinking... I just can't get past. I've done this before and it didn't work. I've been on this diet before and I, and I gained weight. Oh, I've tried that. Oh, I showed up for prayer one time and still had struggles. And Oh, I fasted before and I didn't, I still, I didn't hear nothing from God. Oh, I served at my last church and they were mean and terrible and so I just stopped serving. Oh, I've tithed before and that, that didn't, no, it just, mm -mm. you got past 
uh, uh, Jeremiah, you, you know, you're reading your one-year Bible. I hope that you're reading uh, the one-year Bible uh, along with us. Get you a reading plan to read 15 minutes every single day of your life. You need to read every day this year. And you get that one-year reading Bible, you know, and you get to the begets, you know, so-and-so begets so-and-so, so-and-so begets so-and-so, and so-and-so begets so-and-so. And, and you start just kind of skipping around, you know, and one, two, skip a few, 99, 100, you know what I mean? And then you're done with Exodus. <laughs> hey, you know. And you can't do that with the Old Testament, but if you'll get to, if you'll get a little further in the Old Testament, you'll meet a guy named Jeremiah. Writes two books. Both of them are complaining. There's a whole book called Lamentations. I'm glad we're still not writing the Bible because some of y'all's Facebook posts would be a whole other book called Complaining and Lamentations. And but but Jeremiah did it. Lamentations three says, "I remember. This is past. I remember my affliction. Underline that." I remember my wandering. I remember the bitterness and gall of my life. I remember them so well that my soul is downcast. In other words, I start thinking it's always going to be this way. Three things he says. He says, I remember my affliction. Write this down. Those are your past problems. The affliction of my life. That's the stuff that happened to you that you didn't have any control over. The marriage ended. You didn't want to end. The family of origin you were raised in. A tragic situation. And you live your life constantly looking in the rearview mirror. If this wouldn't have happened, then, then maybe I could have the best year yet. Then he said, I remember my wanderings. Jeremiah said, I remember my wanderings. Write this down. Those are your past mistakes. That's the stuff I did. You know, it's just, you ever wish you could have a do-over, you know? Like I wish I wouldn't have. Maybe there's even a secret mistake. And um, you may have a fear of getting caught. You're carrying around guilt, shame. You think, man, I, I want to live this life he's talking about, but I, I got this thing. And then Jeremiah talks about one more source. He says, I re- it, was my, it, 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 was, it was my affliction, my wandering, and then the bitterness and gall. What, what's bitterness and gall? Write this down. It's your past relationships. And you'll judge future relationships on past relationships. You'll judge this church on your last church. You'll judge this preacher on your last preacher. You'll judge these small groups on the last one. You'll judge this marriage on the three. You'll judge this. And and you'll think, I can't trust again. I can't love again. I can't give my heart again. I can't lead again. I can't be in because of what happened in my past. So how do you take a next step? Lamentations. He said, I remember the affliction, my wandering, my bitterness. Verse 21, there's a conjunction that that finishes this story. He says, Jeremiah says, yet, yet. In other words, I know all of that's true. It's true for you, it's true for me, it's true for him. All of that's true. Yet, I call this to mind, and therefore I have hope. Point to your head. Would you do that? Everybody just, (laughs) I use, I I tell my kids as they're noggin. Do you say that? Like point to your noggin. Everybody, some of you won't even point to your own noggin. That's how rebellious you are. Anyway, point to your noggin. The old bishop used to say, Bishop Tenney used to say, that we need a we need a checkup from the neck up, <laughs> right? Like most of the problems in my life start right here, right here. They find their way down here. But Jeremiah said, "Man, I get this in my mind. I recall to mind." 
Therefore, I have hope. Hope comes to your life. You'll have hope for a better year, better tomorrow, better month, better season. You'll have hope for 22. Not because anything's changing. Listen to me. You open the news up. It's going to get worse, not get better, everybody. This is <laughs> You say, well, Pastor, that's real positive. I'm positive it's going to get worse before it gets better. Jesus is coming back. The Bible said the whole earth has to groan for the coming of the Lord. Jesus is coming back, everybody, and this world is going to get worse. So why do we, how do you have hope? Because I just decided that stuff's not going to get in my mind. <laughs> I, just, I decided to fix my mind. Jeremiah said, I call this to mind, that because of the Lord's great love, we are not consumed. And because of His compassions that never fail, they are new every morning. And then he says, great is your faithfulness. Great is your faithfulness. Listen, Jeremiah said, I started thinking to myself, hang on just a second, Jeremiah. I know all of that stuff's true about your past. But remember, God loves you right where you are. He's compassionate to you right where you are. He brought you this far. He saved me this far. He's helped me this much. He left me this year. Listen to me. I told the devil when I started this year, December the 31st was probably the hardest day I have lived in a decade of my life. On Friday night, December the 31st, so help me God. God knows my heart. It was probably the hardest day I've lived in 10 years of my life. And I got back to my hotel room and I told the devil, so help me. I will not have a year like this. God did, if you were going to kill me, you should have done it last year but I made it to 22 and I'm going to make it out of this year this is going to be the year of my life of revival and forward movement and progress and hope I remember that God brought me this far and his compassions don't fail and as great is his faithfulness does anybody believe Is anybody thankful you're still here? If the devil could have done it, he would have already killed you. If he wanted to take you out, he could have already taken you out. Listen, if if that was going to happen, it already would have happened. You're not divorced yet because there's still hope. You're not in rehab today because there's still hope. You're not down and out today because there's still hope. You didn't overdose on pills because there's still hope. There's still hope. You You just got to get up tomorrow and keep moving. you preach so passionately because I want you to move I don't want you to just think man that church they talk about the best all the time Ken's been here since we started the church five years ago I bet you've heard me say a million times the best is yet to come why does he still show up to me it's not been easy I know his stories can I tell your wife's here can I tell can I tell a little bit about your baby there the day they had the baby the baby didn't live I was in the hospital that day I remember sitting in that little drab waiting room together holding hands just us three and You got every reason not to come back, Roberta, honestly. Kent, you got every reason you got every reason to give up this year and not believe anything I say. I just kept showing up. I just kept coming back and hearing a crazy little pudgy preacher scream my head off that the best is yet to come. And then I answered the phone one day when they said we're pregnant again. They had a beautiful baby. 
Then I answered the phone when they said they're pregnant again. And I said, Kent, stop. <laughs> and they had another beautiful baby. Don't stop. Why? Because the best is yet to come. You got every reason not to believe what I'm telling you. But I'm asking you to keep moving forward. God doesn't care about big dreams today. God isn't interested in your big resolutions. God isn't even interested in why they didn't work out last year. He's just interested in you taking the right step today. You, you, you read it with me. They're new every morning. God, I failed you yesterday. That's okay. I woke up today to fresh mercy. God, I messed up yesterday. That's okay. I woke up today with fresh vision and fresh compassion and fresh. I don't. I don't have to walk trying to earn compassion from God. I woke up today with brand new compassion from God. So did you. So what do you do? I got to give you three things because if I don't, y'all won't come back. If I don't give you three points, uh, but, but media team, I won't do the scriptures. But number one, you got to refocus your mind. You got to refocus your mind. I call to mind. If you dwell on it, you're destined to stay in it. I got to refocus my mind. Turn the news off. Fast it this week. Fast it. Delete Facebook and Instagram from your phone. It's the only way you won't open it up. Get, get, refocus your mind. Number two, you got to release your past. You got to release it. Today's a good day to just say, I let go. I let go of the last two years. I let go of the last two decades. I let go of that relationship, that hurt, that pain. I let go. Number three, you got to renew your heart. I will show you this one Ezekiel 36 26. It says this God said, I will give you a new heart and I will put a new spirit in you. Look in my eyes. If a preacher ever told you God wants to fix your broken heart, that's not true. God doesn't want to duct tape what's broken. God wants to give you something brand new. God doesn't just want to piece you back together and hope you don't fracture again. No, no, no. God said, I want to put a new spirit in you, people. I want to put a new spirit in you. I know that spirit was broken in that divorce. I know that spirit was broken when that baby went to heaven. Can I know that's but I want to put a new heart in you and a new spirit in you. And you just keep moving in the right direction. And you 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 can be a brand new person and you can have a brand new year and the best is yet to come. Lord Jesus. I um I pray for people in the room today who are struggling to even have faith to believe what I'm preaching to them. How could it be this year? How could it be us? You don't know how bad it's been. You don't know what I've walked through. You don't know how down I am. You don't know how far I've gone. You don't know how bad it's gotten. How can you tell me the best is yet to come? I, it, I, it, it used to be good. I had the good old days. Father, I pray for people who are who need a little extra faith today. As we start this new year and this right in the middle of 21 days of prayer and fasting, I just I'm asking them with all the strength they could muster up, it, and it literally may be all the strength they have left to take a next step. 
Nobody's looking around right now. Every eye is closed. If that's you, if you want to be included in this prayer, if you say, I just, and I don't care what your next step is. Could be finances, could be relationally, could be in your marriage, could be to go to counseling, could be go back to school, could be to get in a small group, could be to lead a group, get on the team, commit to a church. There's a hundred. Could be to come to prayer tomorrow, could be to read your Bible, could be fasting, could be to get in counseling. If you just know I'm talking to you, if you're tired of the cycles you've been in and you're ready to step forward, raise your hand right now. Let me include you in this prayer. Hands up, hands up. God bless you. I see you. Hands up all over the house. Hands up. If you're at home, you can just raise your hand right in the living room, right by yourself. Just it's me, God. I see you. 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 I see you in the back. I see you. Father, I pray for every hand that went up and every hand that wanted to. That there would be a boldness about them, God, to walk away. God, forgetting the old things, the former things, they press on. I pray for wisdom and strength today to stand up in their spirit, stand up in their heart, and just keep following God in their next step. For some of them, it's giving their heart to Jesus today. For some of them, it's it's deciding to show up to prayer and, and discipline in their life. For some of them, it's making the call to a, to a marriage and ther- a therapy, a, a counselor. God, for some of them, it's it's just deciding to call a, a wayward son. For some of them, God, it's it, it's it's fast putting aside food and fasting. For some of them, God, it's just saying I'm sorry and releasing. For some of them, it's letting go of the past. I pray this would be the moment that have the strength to stand. Just keep moving. God, the same strength you give to Kent and Roberta. Would you give to everybody? To just put one foot in front of the next. Yeah, this is heartbreaking. Yeah, this ripped our heart out. Yeah, this was tough. Yeah, this was a dark day. But it doesn't define my destiny. No, I'm going to keep moving forward. It's as good as it's ever been. I met with Kent not long ago. He said it's as good as it's ever been. My relationship with my wife, with our children, with, in our finances, with my job, in our, with my relationship with God, it's as good as it's ever been. Why? Because you didn't give up in the stepping forward. You, you just kept moving in the right direction. Father, I pray for people to keep stepping forward, keep taking next steps with God. Keep following God, releasing the past, renewing their heart, God, refocusing their mind. It starts with giving your heart to Jesus. If you've never done it, I want to lead you in a simple prayer of surrender. It all starts here. It doesn't stop here, but it's got to start somewhere. It starts at faith. The Bible says without faith, it's impossible to please God. So if you're ready to take that step, pray with me, dear Jesus. I surrender all to you. Come on, I surrender my life. I surrender my heart. I surrender my mistakes. I surrender my past. I surrender what I've done. I surrender where I am. I surrender my marriage. I surrender my children. I surrender my dreams. I surrender my hopes. I surrender all the stuff I've messed up, the stuff that happened to me that I didn't mean, the stuff that I did that I, that I, I was lost. God, I give it all to you today. Forgive me. Come on, ask God. God, I repent. I turn my life around and give it to you. I'm going to follow you. I'm going to step out. I'm going to keep taking next steps. I'm not stopping. I thank you. that Because of the cross, because of the resurrection of Jesus, I have hope. Because His compassion is new every morning. And great is your faithfulness. 
I believe the best is yet to come. In Jesus' name. Everybody shout a big amen. Thank you for joining us today. And a special thanks to those of you who give generously to this ministry. You know, it's because of you that we're able not only to bring this message to you, but we're able to offer hope and life to the San Antonio Hill Country and beyond. So if you'd like to give today, you can visit cityhillstx.com right now. And if this message blessed you, why don't you click subscribe or share this message with your friends uh, on your socials. I pray it's a blessing to others in your world. Thanks again for listening today. God bless you.